Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, We're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Hey, this is Brian Zepp. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding planned. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at Dennis Kirk. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets, too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. Let me know when she's ready. Never seen you looking so bad, my right over she, she would. Well, I'm just going to be on short. I'm just stopping in to say and happy holidays no, to not. all the you'll listeners. Be, you'll be here like at 2 in the afternoon. No, I got to gotta go do a mediation, so I got to go play lawyer. So, <laughs> But yeah. I'm just stopping in to say happy holidays to all the listeners. Happy holidays to Doug. And uh, you'll be heading off, so we'll see you when you get back from Florida. If I don't go down to Florida to see you at some point. Oh, I'm sure you'll be down there because you've I'll been be to Trevini and the Breakers. So I know 
you're Beth will be like, I'm out of here. And Dougie's, go Dougie. find her for the boys. I've <laughs> never been to the Breakers. It's oh, one of the hotels have I've too? always wanted to stay at. You've never stayed oh, there? You at Flagler Steakhouse. Well, That's I had dinner the there, but I, I, I've never stayed in the hotel. You never so. had a, oh, lox, a lobster roll down I'm there? I'm trying to oh. explain oh, how my other ways I can say no oh. so you'll understand. Oh, no. my God. <laughs> You, you do have to sell a lot of cars to pay for it. Well, hey, I've seen nice hotels before. My Sarah's favorite is the Peninsula in Chicago, which is oh, fabulous. Okay. But I think the scenery at the Breakers probably offsets. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. It is, and Indeed. and you walk around that place, and you're like, I don't even belong here. So <laughs> well, that are happens we to you do a lot. The block at all, or what are we? Seventeen people. I don't care who you're calling. More me. Is on the phone, by the way. Built that originally. <laughs> I don't. The who breakers. Built the breakers. I, uh, originally, probably it, Henry Flagler. I yeah, wouldn't doubt. Or somebody like that. Yeah. I thought it was Vanderbilt. Yeah. Uh, it might have been Joe Breaker. Yeah. Joe yeah. Breaker. <laughs> exactly. It was Joe Breaker. Happy holidays, Mike. Well, thank you, thank you, and same to you. I don't get much of a chance to talk to you, but I listen to you a lot on on this podcast and also on Bob's. Yeah. You know, having the time of my life, let's face it. <laughs> the time of your life, I bet you know, that's probably true. You know, actually, I, I wanted to weigh in here. Uh, probably my most memorable uh, experience at, at a hotel was uh, the Red Roof Inn in Seattle. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. We, I, I, was, I was flying to, uh, I was, I was flying to uh, Hong Kong, and uh, so there's a layover in Seattle. So we sit on the tarmac for about four hours, right? And you know how it works with airlines, or at least used to. Nobody knows what's happening. And then the pilot comes on and says, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're, uh, we're waiting for a part to arrive. <laughs> to be here any minute, it's being flown in from Minneapolis. So we go, oh, everyone groans, and we wait about another hour. Well, it looks like the part's not coming. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, oh no. So then but but the good news was they had arranged for us all to stay at the Red Roof Inn, right? Mm-hmm. Which is everyone's dream. <laughs> and so we uh we go to the Red Roof Inn. Now now it's like about three in the morning. And uh settle into the room, get about an hour of sleep, and uh then we're all awakened. The part mm-hmm. has arrived, they're ready to go. So now you, uh, we fly to uh, to Hong Kong, and uh, I think there's a layover. There's actually a layover in uh, in uh, Tokyo. So uh, that's cool, and uh, so now we got to wait for like six hours. They tell us about a six-hour wait in Tokyo for the flight to Hong Kong. I discover that there's a couple seats left on an Air India flight. <laughs> And I, uh, so we get there, we, we run up to the tarmac and we, uh, run up to the, uh, to the, uh, terminal and we, uh, we managed to get on this flight, which is fine. Everyone else on the flight, by the way, that we were going to a, a life insurance convention. In sure. Hong Kong. You know, I used to work for a life insurance company just doing videos and writing speeches. So anyway, not a bad side gig, but, um, so, uh, you know, this is when, of course, you know, radio station was too cheap to actually pay me what I needed. What do you mean when it <laughs> when was? They were. What do you mean when? <laughs> yeah. Versus the heydays, yeah. the solid yeah. days. So, so we're fine, but the people who had to wait for six hours, well, turns out uh, they couldn't actually land in Hong Kong because of the fog. 
So they wind up in Manila. (laughs) Oh. Uh, so they have to stay overnight in Manila. Now, unfortunately, there's a civil war going on in Manila. <laughs> oh, jeez. So they spend the night under their beds being pinned down by machine gun fire. <laughs> That'll happen. And so th- the gig that I had there in, in Hong Kong was I was putting together, uh, I was putting together a, a video, a, a humorous video, basically just going out and, Shooting the shooting the scenes from wherever the, the these uh, life insurance salesmen were, were visiting and you know doing funny interviews and things like that. It was hard to get a laugh out of those people though. Oh, I would imagine yeah, that's bet. probably true. They are not. Yeah, they're not in the laughing mood. Our guest, good yeah, to go, Andy. No, it was uh, not bad. yet. I can't really dial how, without how making you, a lot of noise. Oh, okay. How'd you like to have an overnight stay in Seattle now? Oh yeah, that'd be a thrill. <laughs> you know, they're going to change the name of the town to what? I don't know, but Seattle apparently is the name of a chief that owns slaves. No, oh, really. So they want to change the name of the of Seattle, Washington to I don't know, Chitoli or something. <laughs> Chitoli. Yeah, it's probably that. <laughs> Pro- probably Jeez. be Chitoli. Yeah. Somewhere along those lines. Yeah, just let me know when uh, Dr. Lieberman's ready to go. By the way, Mr. Gelfand, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about Santa. Eight reasons why Santa needs therapy. Okay. Oh, and we're right. gonna, you know who we're going to go to as an, uh, an expert on Santa needing therapy? Uh, who? Dr. Carol Lieberman. <laughs> Nobody knows more about Santa well, than... she is. Well, you know, you need an objective viewpoint. Yeah, that's what we're going That's <laughs> why we're turning view. Disinterested third party. Dr. Carol Lieberman hey, joins us. Dr. Lieberman, how are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? Marvelous. So I was just talk, talking to Mike the Lonsman Gelfand about the fact that we're going to have... Uh, I, it's, I'm, I'm going to make an assumption here because of your last name. You might be a, uh, might be a, um, you know, a, a cousin of Mike Gelfand, Mike the Lanceman Gelfand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so oh, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna have two Jews talking about Santa, which is like my it's my childhood, all over again because I lived in a neighborhood that was, that was Catholic, Black, and and Jewish. So my I'm, it's like I'm back in a neighborhood talking about Santa with two Jews. I love it. <laughs> and it's probably all our fault that he needs therapy because, you know, we've been waging that war on Christmas for about 40 years. <laughs> Have you? We just can't seem to get the job done. You're fine. I love well, this actually, thing. Well, actually, I haven't waged a war on Christmas. Um, when I was little, <laughs> I wanted to be able to not only get Hanukkah presents, but also uh, still keep the myth or the hope of uh, Santa Claus alive. So I used to make... Um, a Hanukkah bush <laughs> and lay it out. I used to decorate a Hanukkah bush and uh, Santa used to come. Oh, see how sweet that is. It's very, very, I love it as a matter of fact. I do indeed. Dr. Carol Lieberman with us, ladies and gentlemen. Santa would be considered high risk for COVID-19. He's overweight. He's older. He flies all over the world down strangers' chimneys, kissing many mommies. Should Santa be in lockdown or quarantine when he gets back to the North Pole? That's what we need to understand today, Dr. Lieberman. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, doesn't he well, essentially I mean, spend 364 days out of the year in quarantine? <laughs> Good point. Uh, except for Mrs. Claus. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, according, if you would ask Dr. Fauci, the answer would be absolutely yes. Yes. Um, right. Of course. And somehow also he would have had to have been vaccinated as well before he went on flying around the world. Yeah, well, there you go. There you have it. I love this. COVID Christmas, no, uh, 
As, as our, well, yeah, I like this. The, that dance in our heads as we near COVID Christmas notes uh, Carol Lieberman, America's America's psychiatrist. I, I'm gonna have to call you from now on because if I need, if anyone needs a psychiatrist for America, I do. So yeah, I'm I'm America's patient. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you and me both, Pally. But uh, it, uh, you know, it's interesting, Doctor Lieberman, because we enter a. Uh, a season, pretty much Thanksgiving kind of kicks it all off, and then Hanukkah came along, and now Christmas is coming along, and New Year's, and all these other, the epiphany and all that stuff. So we're rather busy for a couple of months. It seems to me that, and I don't know, maybe I'm just fooling myself, but it seems to me that everybody's a little more even keel than usual. Maybe that's because of COVID or whatever, but uh, it appears that people are trying to all celebrate uh, the holidays together, I'm hoping, all of them. Well, um, I'm not really sure if uh, you mean together in terms of having a lot of guests. No, or, no, no. I just or... mean I mean we're all kind of happy. Like when the Hanukkah began, I would make. Well, like I said, I grew up in a neighborhood that was that was Catholic, Black, and Jewish. So there, it was all just part of my whole life, my childhood. Uh, right. It was Christmas. It was Hanukkah. It was all that stuff. So I love. Like I said, starting with Thanksgiving, going all the way through uh, the 6th of January, I'm a pretty happy guy. And I'm running into a lot of people that seem to be in a pretty good mood about this, which which is encouraging, I think. Well, yes. Um, that's, uh, that's, you must be in a very um, special place because really the rest of the world, or, or I shouldn't say the rest of the world, but a lot of people uh, are not as happy this holiday right, season right. because... Uh, because of all the things that we are going through, number one is burnout. You know, we keep looking for the light at the end of the tunnel, and we keep having one variant after another. So people, some people are really, their patience and their hope, their optimism is uh, getting really strained. Well, Dr. Lieberman, full disclosure, <clears throat> about a month ago, I went and did an appearance in Nashville, and I got back, and I, I, I've been vaccinated I've gotten the booster. I went to Nashville, did an appearance, and came home with COVID. So uh, I wow, wow. and I still haven't fully recovered from. It. I got quite sick from it, not uh, you know, not deathly ill or anything like that. But I got pretty sick from it, and then it kind of eased up. So we all do what we can do. And if I didn't want to get COVID, and I didn't want to do all of this, that, and the other thing, but I've accepted the fact that you know we either do it or we got major problems. So. Well, you know, know, that's interesting. I think that may be part of why you have this more uh, upbeat attitude. Because, you know, this big thing that we're all afraid of, right? And you survived it. So, you know, that would, no wonder you feel um, like you can take on the world. I always have, though, Dr. Lieberman. You can ask Mike the Lonsman Gelfand. I, 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 fear, fear is not a big part of my life. I'm not afraid of a whole lot of things. matter of fact, hardly anything. I'm, I have very little fear about anything. You know, I'd like to keep my family intact. I guess that it would be a concern, maybe bordering on a fear. But that's, that's the kind of fear that I feel. It's like My loved ones, I'm concerned about the rest of it. I couldn't care. Nobody's going to hurt me anyway. I don't care. My, my translation here... Uh would be that uh, he's a lifelong neurotic. Yeah, well, there you go. As a, as a matter of fact, Dr. Lieberman, when I leave the which show... Which I find to be a, a, a favorable attribute. Well, for me, anyway. Well, yeah. 
For me, it is. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, it, one of the things that I did have noticed, Dr. Lieberman, and, and Mike, I'm going to run this by you as well, and I don't know if it's something I just didn't notice before or something like that, but, uh, boy, people like to lie right now. Getting people to tell the truth right now is not easy, and I maybe they're being inspired by both of our political parties or all of our political parties, how many of there are, but... Because pretty much you watch the news every night, and I don't care what channel you watch, they're lying to your face to try to make money. Is that why people have taken it upon themselves and say, well, I'll just, that's all they do on television, that's all I do here and there? I guess I'll just lie. A lot of people lie a lot more now than they used to. Yes, absolutely. This started a while ago, yes, really. Yes. But it has, I called it the erosion of truth in America. Yep. Um, and it has been eroding. <laughs> Um, I think maybe the difference is that it's been eroding a little more quickly or we're noticing it more in the last uh, year or two. But, yes, it is a big problem, um, you know, even even as it relates to juries and trials. Yes. Because um, I think that we are not necessarily getting fair. The jurors are, are lying to themselves sometimes if they think that they can be, that they're being fair in their judgment. It just amazes me that people can talk themselves into, oh, it's okay. You know, and, and the number one thing for me, and I, I promise I'll get off this, but the number one one that concerns me, the number one thing that concerns me is the lies of omission. I will tell you most of the truth, but I might leave out the most important part, which is a lie of omission. I'm sorry. You either need right. to tell me the whole story or you're lying, right? Right. Right. And there's a lot of that going on. Just, I'll tell you, but I'm never going to finish it, so you're not going to know the whole truth. I, I'm very uncomfortable yeah. with that. Yeah. Well, you know, all of this lockdown and everything has made us lose some of our humanity, whether yeah. it's lying or whether it's being, you know, aggressive. Um, air rage, of course, we always had road rage, but air rage and all kinds of other rage, people getting shot in the middle of the street yeah. in broad daylight. I mean, things are just crazy. Um, and because there's a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of loss of with, with our masks and all of that, we've just kind of staying six feet apart, all of that. We're just, uh, it, you know, it could be like, if, if some psychiatrist wanted to do an experiment <laughs> to see how to destroy a society, this would be what they would do. Now, I'm not saying, obviously, that it was the psychiatrist's fault, but I'm just saying this is like a, an, an experiment to uh, destroy us. Yeah, I mean, it's a, certainly a possibility. I do love this part of the descriptor they sent us. Since Santa is coming to town and the pandemic has made us all question our mental health, perhaps we should put Santa on the couch and give him some therapy for his quirks. What would Santa want to know about himself? I love this take, Dr. Lieberman. I want to hand it off to you now to talk about what would Santa want to know about himself? Well, you know, the song, uh, he's making a list, checking in twice. And so he would want to know, you know, if he has obsessive compulsive <laughs> personality disorder, yeah. why does he keep checking this thing? <laughs> then uh, say a song continues, he's going to find out who's naughty or nice, and he knows if you've been bad or good. So, um, you know, he might be asking himself if he's overthinking things and too judgmental. Let's see, who's to say who's bad and who's good? Right. Then okay. also, he's another part of the song, he sees you when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake. So 
Eek. You know, you have to kind of wonder, is he a stalker or a wire? And he's, <laughs> he wants a psychiatrist to tell him about that. I always yeah. wondered what was behind that beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's he concealing? Yes, why is he, why is he staring at us? Um, then the song, now Santa is a busy man. He has no time to play. He's got millions of stockings to fill on Christmas Day. So he wants to know if he's a workaholic or um, if he should just work one day a year, like, you know, when he brings the presents around and let his elves do all the heavy lifting. And then, of course, that makes would make him feel guilty sure. and make him wonder what to do with the other days. Should he binge on uh, classic Christmas movies or read children's letters for the next year? Um, then he's, of course, we know he's very overweight. <laughs> grossly and, uh, overweight, you say, Dr. Lindman. Grossly, grossly overweight. Yes. <laughs> and he has been um, stuffing himself with comfort food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what, like what we all, what we've all been doing <laughs> in the past couple of years uh, to calm our anxiety. And so he's wondering if he has an eating disorder. Sure. Then um, he also is wondering about whether he's self-destructive and uh, sabotaging himself because he knows that he should take better care of himself and that uh, the long-term effects of obesity can be heart disease and diabetes and high blood pressure and so on. And then um, we know the song, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Yeah. And so he's embarrassed about his reputation for being a player. And, <laughs> and that's why he always has red cheeks. He's blushing. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> he's he feeling ashamed and he's blushing. Um, and he also is feeling guilty for being unfaithful to Mrs. Claus. Oh, true. So he wants, mm-hmm. uh, so I suggested that they get couples counseling. Mm-hmm. And he's coming in uh, after Christmas for couples counseling by Zoom. I'm doing Zoom with Santa. Zoom. Okay, Zoom. Um, And uh, and he's still wearing the same outfit that he's worn forever. And he wants to know if he's in a fashion rut uh, or if he is afraid to take risks or if he's just a people pleaser. And this is the outfit that most people seem to like. So maybe he should keep wearing it. So um, these are the things that Santa wants to know, and when he gets finished flying around, <laughs> he's going to ask himself all of these things, or ask me as a psychiatrist all of these things, or some psych- if there's a psychiatrist on the North Pole, he can ask them. He'll be a much but, better person. Um, yes, he will be a much better person for the next year. It's all true. I, I just I love your take on the whole deal, because, uh, you know, what what's so great about characters and i'm just called santa character um that people always kind of project themselves onto those characters so the fact that santa ended up there's no reason for santa the character to be overweight why is santa overweight Mm. why why would you somebody that works as hard as santa supposedly does why is he overweight well because somebody projected their problem on him i'm sure that's a very good question. Now, of course, um, wasn't he based upon a character, St. Nicholas? Now, mm-hmm. I don't know whether St. Nicholas was overweight or yeah, I don't not. Either. I don't either. But that might be one reason. Um, or maybe, you know, jolly old St. Nick. Jolly old St. Nick. So you think about chubby people being jolly. <laughs> <laughs> I get, yeah, well, that's true. Gelfan, what do you think? Why, why is Santa overweight? 
Well, of course, you're talking to the wrong person about that. Because <laughs> you're not exactly... I'm morbidly underweight. Yes, you are morbidly underweight. That's And true. we never get any respect. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I would say, you know, I think his biggest problem is that he's delusional. Well, okay. But, of course, I'm not a believer, so that would be my take. Well, also, of course, you know, if he, if he, the fact that that he's overweight, um, I think helps the the Freudian suggestion of him coming down the chimney. Oh, you know, sure. Coming down the chimney, but but ah. he might get stuck. He might be, not be able to get out of the chimney. Now that, of course, brings together a whole new, uh, I would say, a whole new scenario of fear and guilt. Yeah. Every time he goes in and out of that chimney. He worries whether he'll get caught. I just, well, I think so he's got a point. There are all kinds of uh, Freudian uh, interpretations. That well, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike, Mike, could you share your contact information with the doctor? I think she has some questions. <laughs> <laughs> I think she might. I think she might. See, Dr. Lieberman, Mr. Gelfand, I never did understand. As a nice, I grew up kind of nice Catholic boy. But I never, and I used to ask my mother when I was a little boy, it's like, why doesn't Santa just come through the front door like everybody else? Okay. I never yeah, understood and what they say. She what did went, they say? Oh, he wants to sneak into the house so you kids don't. I said, if he came through the front door, he'd make much less noise than coming down the <laughs> chimney. The front doors are locked, though. You know, I'm going yeah. to expose my old school Episcopalian East Coast roots. You know what we used to leave for Santa? What? Ginger snaps and bourbon. <laughs> oh, there wow. you go. There you have it. Hey, you well, know. when I made my Hanukkah bush, I I, I think I used to I think I used to leave Hanukkah cookies, you know, like uh, cookies with a dreidel on it, that kind, or in a Jewish star, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's those those dreidels are very important to the Jewish culture because they teach children at a very early age how to gamble. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's true. That is true. He's not lying. I don't know. I just, I, I like the fact that pretty much everybody around because we have Kwanzaa, we have, you know, we've already been talking about Christmas and Hanukkah. We have uh, Festivus now, of course, is, is upon us as well. We have all these people celebrating at the same time. So that middle of... Uh, well, you know, winter just started yesterday or the day before, I guess it was. But but we all need a holiday to get through this horrendous weather in most of the world, I would imagine. That does make sense, yeah. Yeah. As soon as everything freezes, the food goes away, you got to uh, give give people a reason to make it through the winter. Yeah, and then there's that the tragic day when you realize it's time to throw away the Christmas cards. Throw them away? I don't get many. I, I don't know what I ever did, but I don't get a lot of good. Catherine I, gets I got a lot. one this year. I thought it was nice. It was from a realtor. <laughs> get out. <laughs> get out. I have to take a break. Uh, Dr. Lieberman, you can stay with us for a bit more? Sure. Okay, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes more with Dr. Carol Lieberman and Mr. Mike Gelfand. Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year, Dan? My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dance Outside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped. What about financing options? Right now, we are offering low-interest financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit. 
Ask for details when you visit the store. Alumacraft Fishing Boats, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou Pontoons, all powered by Suzuki Outboards, are in stock now with new boats arriving daily. Dan Southside Marine is located just six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington, or shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member fdic and equal housing lender you all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in mike lindell to give you a great night's sleep mike's latest incredible deal is on the giza dream sheets which you've heard me rave about before that's for sure these sheets are made from the world's best cotton giza they are ultra soft and breathable yet extremely durable right now the giza dream sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Oh, we got pretzel now. Little Elvis. Right, let's gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. We got Elvis Presley, we got Mike Gelfand, and we've got Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking about Santa, we're talking about Christmas. We're talking about a festive season. That's all we know, right? Now, oh, Dr. Lieberman, is there a, uh, a hard time you need to be out because I don't make sure that it, I don't hold you too long? Um, well, whenever you're, I guess, the next break at the top of the hour. Okay, that sounds good. Of course, yeah. time you realize the meter is running. <clears throat> well, yeah, I'm sending you the bill, though. That's the good news about it. Gelfand's oh. getting the bill for this, so that'll be good. You're used to paying therapy bills, so, you know. <laughs> well, that's yeah, true. Yeah, one more. What difference Exactly. <laughs> you probably wouldn't even notice. As I long as it. you can prescribe the psychotropics, I'm fine. <laughs> the psychotropics. So how is the psychiatric business right now, Dr. Lee? I mean, you're kind of, you're kind of busy. It's booming. Things are hopping and booming right now? <clears throat> well, yes. Um, you know, unfortunately, there are people suffering a lot more. I mean, I know you I, I, you seem to be in a place where everybody is just happy, but um, it was just great, you know. <laughs> but Sorry. really, this, this season, I mean, ho- typically during the holidays, some people get holiday blues. Yeah. And um, that comes from uh, nostalgia. It comes from uh, your memory telling you, reminding you, that uh, in Christmases or holidays past, that things were better. You know, when you were a little kid and, and your parents used to make it magical for you, and, or when you were in a relationship and you were doing all kinds of exciting things, whatever it was in holidays past, um, you feel nostalgic for it. And Even also, if it never actually was that way. Well, sometimes, yes. Sometimes the memory makes it seem better than it was. Yeah. And... Yeah. Um, 
And so that can, you know, but that's, so that's normal holiday blues, you know. But nowadays, um, there are a number of people that are feeling much more depressed than just holiday blues, you know, because of what I was talking about before, burnout, you know, hanging in there and kind of uh, losing hope or where we've been waiting for this new normal. Nobody knows what that is, but we've been waiting for it. And um, it just and more people are getting sick and, and so on. Of course, fortunately, this Omicron um, variant is not very serious and, and uh, you know, less less serious symptoms. But in any case, um, there really you know, are people who are suffering. There's been a rise in alcohol and drug abuse because of lockdown. People are feeling isolated and lonely and angry. I was mentioning before there's financial problems. Um, and then also, of course, the loss of loved ones uh, through not only through yeah. COVID. You know, you're not through, cheering us up here. <laughs> well, well, I know, but the reason why I'm bringing it up is because, um, you know, the, because so I can give you the uh, suicide hotline number or tell yeah, you yes. some things that people people can do during this. I mean, one thing you're you're doing a service because the number one thing that people should do is to make sure that they have at least an hour a day of laughter. Yeah. And uh, it seems like you are providing that. Um, We should be alert for signs in our loved ones um, that they may be depressed. Um, We need to plan something to look forward to every day, like especially if we can be out in the sun. We should volunteer for some charity, you know, depending upon how comfortable you feel uh, being out there. But you can even just stay home and make calls, phone calls for donations for your favorite charity. And then um, and then I'll give you the suicide, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, which is 800-273-8255, 800-273-TALK, T-A-L-K. Well, I'm just kind of, um, you know, I, I don't mean to be a downer, but I, I'm trying to no. uh, trying to help people cope with this. It, it, it is it is harder than um, some past holidays, certainly because because of this this no man's land that we're in. Well, you know, as a shrink, uh, I'm I'm guessing you you believe as I do having had, unfortunately, some family experience with this, mm-hmm. that the worst epidemic uh, of all is hopelessness. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm, what I'm seeing is that there's just a lot more of it going around right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we have to really create things to bring more hope. You know, um, I created this uh, anagram um, of things people should do every day not necessarily. It wasn't. I did this before um, before the holidays. But let me just mention this. Uh, the anagram is heal myself. H e a l myself, and each letter stands for something um, to do every day. H is healthy, nutritious food. E is exercise. A is aromatherapy. L is laughter, as I was mentioning, at least an hour a day. M is meditation or calming music. Y is your choice of vitamins and supplements. S is sleep. Eight hours a night. E is engaged with friends and family to support each other. L is limit your daily intake of gloom and doom. And S is follow your passion. And if people didn't get that, all of that, you know, I know I said it really quickly, but um, I also have it on a website 
which is pleasefirefauci.com. And one of the headings is uh, Prescription for America. So you can find that there. Magnificent. <clears throat> That's all I know. And I've, I have a question for everybody on the show, Dr. Lieberman, particularly for you. Is part of this, or maybe it's just my misconception, um, or just bad perception, um, it seems to me like right now everybody, not everybody, but most people really want to claim victimization. They want yeah. to be a victim. What is that all about, Dr. Lieberman? I don't want to be a victim. <laughs> Well, because we've seen in the news, you know, all these people uh, getting attention and getting perks, you know, getting special care. Right. All the, right. Snow, all the snowflakes and, and uh, you know, and so, yes, people think, oh, if I'm if I'm a victim in some way, me too, or, you know, um, various ways, then I'm going to get special attention as well. And yes, you know, it's really not the way to go. Uh, I'm, there, certainly there are victims out there. I'm not right, denying sure, that. Right, sure, sure, yeah. But, um, but that, you know, to stay in that place of victimhood um, is really not healthy. No, not at all. I, it makes me very, very nervous, as a matter of fact, to be around people that that want to be, because, you know, well, I'll give you an example, Dr. Lieberman, a personal example I tend to be a bigger guy, and I got a you know low, gruff voice and all that, and I got a sense of humor, which is really dangerous these days to have a sense of humor. But I have had people, and more than two, three, four of them, come up to me in the last six months and tell me, you know, I've always been really afraid of you. And I said, what? Yeah, yeah I've always been really afraid of you. And I said, I see you about five minutes a year. Why, yeah. Why would you be afraid of me? I, I, what is that? Why would you tell someone that? Well, wait. So, what did they say for? Did you ask? What did they say for why they were afraid of you? I think they think I'm nuts or something. I guess I, I don't know. I don't know if they think I'm gonna. I, I I would say this, and you know, Mr. Gelfand and the, and the two fellas in the studio with me. I put up with zero BS. I will not tolerate people being a pain in the butt. Uh, I also one of those guys that old. Uh, it goes all the way back to Euripides, I think. I would rather die on my feet than live on my knees. And that bothers mm-hmm. people a lot. I will not cave into someone just to... Uh, well, it bothers Minnesotans. <clears throat> it bothers Minnesotans a lot. That's a, that's a very good point, Andy. That's my son, Andy, that just said that. Yeah, Dr. Lieberman, Minnesotans, they, they don't like that when you will no. not suck up to them. They, they're, Minnesotans are big into their... <laughs> they, it's true. It is true. That kind of attitude is normal on the East Coast, but over here, uh, not so much. Yeah, it's true. Yes, Minnesota is having a lot of problems these days. It sure are. Love it. I was born here, I was raised here, and I love Minnesota. But I would say about 30, 35, 40% of people are a massive pain in the ass to deal with, Dr. Lieberman. What do you think about that, Doug? It's Christmas. You guys are the most miserable collection of people in the world. Well, I was in a great mood until 45 minutes mood. ago. Well, yesterday, Kids are back from college. Dr. Lieberman's You should have heard This is the worst podcast I've ever heard. Dave and Cassie. <laughs> Dave yesterday was talking about how the holiday season doesn't have any magic anymore, and he's just not into it. And then Cassie's talking about seeing this family all dressed up in Christmas sweaters and stuff and wondering if they've been replaced with clones. It's like, geez, people. <laughs> Cheer up, Andy. Andy, let's start our own podcast. We're out of here. No, I'm just saying that, uh, that you know that's true. 
I, I, okay, Doug. So shut it. They, we, so, I, we Minnesota, <laughs> I think, did in, invent passive aggressiveness. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Oh, Doctor Lieberman, you ever been to Minnesota, Doctor Lieberman? No, I haven't. But um, oh, passive aggressive. I've actually done a lot of um, comment, commenting uh, interviews, media interviews about what's been happening in Minnesota this, these past couple oh, of years. Sure. I mean, particularly uh, with Potter, uh, with Kim Potter, mm, yep, with. Yep. Uh, with the jury still out, I mean, I hope to God that it uh, does either an acquittal or a hung jury. Um, I take it, I was just, I take it there still hasn't been an, an answer. Not yet. No, we're still, we're still waiting. And, and the local yep. attorneys seem to think that it's leaning toward a hung jury, which would then lead to a plea, plea agreement. Well, yeah. they, what are they charging her with? What is well, the charge? it's Slaughter. man one and two. And if you look at the definitions, I can't tell them apart. No, I mean, it's, it's hard. incredibly vague. It's but, hard. And again, I'm a used car vague. salesman. I just didn't bother to go to law school. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, man one is more suggestive of premeditation. Yes, right. yes. So clearly they're not going to convict. I mean, no, that, that, no. that charge is thrown in there so they can throw one out. Yes. And yeah, they do that well, all the time. I, you know, but what she did, what she did kind of, kind of does fit the definition of, of man two, so... And and after all, she didn't. Uh, well, I, I was going to say she didn't help herself, but I think in many ways she defined what she thought would be her fate by saying something like, "Oh God, I killed a boy. I'm going to prison." Yeah, she did say that. Well, that is tend, yes, that does then, tend to be the uh, the flow. But then the other um, police officer said no, and you know, she here's a woman who for 26 years has risked her life every day, yep. you know, every day on the job, and to have this happen, and that horrible, horrible prosecutor, that woman, um, who was just torturing this, I mean, I know, you know, I, I work as a forensic psychiatrist and expert witness, so I am very familiar, I've been doing this for over 20 years, so I know what goes on in a courtroom, but that um, prosecutor was more sadistic they're, they're they're both doing their job. Well, yeah, that's the problem with the American justice system is that prosecutors are supposed to demonize and defend yeah, uh, defenders are supposed to make their client look like saints. They're not really fighting for a common goal of justice. They're fighting for well, I want to win. Yes, that has yes. In some cases, that is way too, especially when it's a high profile case, and you oh, know God, yeah. that you know the cameras are there. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing that hasn't come out, the, ju the judge didn't let this come in to the trial. The, all of the criminal allegations against Dante Wright. And there, is a there are a significant number of, um, of allegations, you know, of times that he used a gun against a teenage friend, right. against a man in a carjacking against a woman who let him sleep over there where she was having a party and he asked to sleep over and she did and the next day he tried to strangle her and he had a gun also and to, to get money he took her money he robbed her i mean you know if the jury would have known more about who dante wright really was instead the prosecution put up those pictures with his little boy and made him look like an angel and that's what they do every time yeah it's pretty much true like i said they want to make their uh, client look as good as possible and then the prosecutor wants to make their uh the defendant look as horrible as possible 
By any means necessary, even if it means lying by omission. Pretty much true. Dr. Carol Lieberman, you've been a great guest. I appreciate your time this morning. And all I have to say to you is ho, ho, ho. <laughs> thank you, Doctor. Well, thank you. I have a one- hope you have a wonderful holiday and a happy new year. A happy new year to you as well. Thank you, Dr. Lieberman. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Dr. Carol Lieberman. Gelfand, that she's like the most conservative Jew I've ever talked to. Holy well, she got a little worked up there. You think? <laughs> Well, it's true, uh, I didn't though. like She's her quite as much after that. I Why? have to Why? say, she told but the I understand. Truth. I understand that there's a lot of that sentiment going around, you know. And I and I wish with this trial that um, people could just recognize that there really is not any significant disagreement about what she did, and and it just boils down. You got to throw a lot of this stuff out and just stick to the facts. What happened? What the law says. You know, the jury is probably a split 11 to 1. 11 want to, want to convict. One wants to acquit, and that one is not given an inch. Um, because, yeah, she's a, in many ways, she's, she, she's a sympathetic character weeping on the stand. And I, and I would never say that those were artificial tears. I think they were totally... I, I just I think that was no. I, I, I think everybody agrees with that. I mean, the contrast between her and Derek Chauvin is it's they're polar right. It's opposites. not the same thing at all. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. And uh, <clears throat> but not everyone agrees with that. Uh, you know, there's there have been some stories out there where there there are some people who say, "Oh, it's just you know crocodile tears and all." But no, again, no, no. we know what happened. There's right. no dispute about it, mm-hmm. and it boils down to the question of did. What happened to her? What what did what she did is what she did consistent with what the law defines as manslaughter. What and, I would you say, know, in, in, in Minnesota, uh, I think I think it's not too difficult to conclude that. Yeah, it, it does. What she did does sort of define manslaughter too, and um, but if it's but if it is a hung jury, as as I suspect, you know, it's. It's it's uh, it's questionable whether they'll they'll probably try to find some solution without a retrial because I don't think anyone right. really wants that. Right, I think that's true. Yeah, I think they'll. I think it'll. They'll. My gut tells me it'll be a hung jury. It's gone on too long, and then they're just going to reach some sort of a plea agreement. Whether the only thing that I would say take out that I took away from it all, at all, and it's got nothing to do with how the trial turns out or whatever the situation is. Do not ever run from the police. That's not a good idea. No. no. Don't do that. I got a, just got a text from Mike Bryant. Verdict coming back at one thirty. Oh, there Uh-oh. you go. So the verdict's coming back in a little oh. over an hour. Just so, in time for this show so, to be over. Yeah, what, really. What, what manslaughter, too, says is that a person, a person who causes the death of another uh, by any of the following means is guilty of manslaughter in the second degree. And then... The first part of this, they, they give several scenarios, but the only one that's really relevant here is it's, it's manslaughter to if by the person's culpable negligence, the person creates an unreasonable risk and consciously takes chances of causing death or great bodily harm to another. So, you know, and, but that can be interpreted in different ways, too, although it's kind of specific. It still leaves it open to interpretation. That's exactly it. I mean, I just will. We'll, the only thing we can do is keep moving forward in life. And, and again, do not run from the police. Uh, I don't know why you would have both your taser and your pistol on the same side of your body. That made no sense to me at well, all. She didn't, right? She 
I don't know. That They're she always did. on one side or the other, and she went for the wrong side, is what I. She heard. went for the wrong side, yeah. and, and uh, you know, one is much heavier than the other. One, yeah. one kind of it's kind of colorful with the big yellow uh, section, and one just looks like a, a regular gun. The weird thing is that you know she wound up. She thought it was a taser, but she wound up tasing the guy, you know, in his chest, which is certainly that that's a good way to kill someone too. Well, but. It's, Center mass is what you aim at with a yeah, taser. Yeah, you always aim center you mass regardless. Center mass. That's just because, how that yeah, goes. I mean, if you do it over the person's heart, that's gonna that's gonna be an issue. But uh, you know, it's um, uh, in any in any event, I would doubt she'd serve much time, no matter what happens. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. I, and I, I don't really take positions on any of the stuff, whether it be the Rittenhouse kid or. Potter or whatever. I wasn't mm. there. I don't know what happened. None of us know what happened. So I just, I watch it go on and I, it just, it's a lot of bad decisions are being made these days. I've noticed that a lot of really bad yes, decisions. They certainly are. Well, they yeah. always have been. It's just now that yeah, the, well, yes. the difference is things are televised now. Yes. I mean, yeah, the fact when you that think about the difference that smartphones have yeah. made yeah. in the society, it's just a Can you imagine the kind of things that went on before cameras were ubiquitous, you mean and like just no bad one cops ever knew people? about. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking no, about? Here we changed. go. No. I said that. everything changed with video. You know, and yep. just, yes, it did. It did. Yeah. It's but it's still even even when you see the video, it's uh, it. We know from listening to lawyers that it still can create two totally different scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, it can. No, there's no question about that. So, Merry Christmas, everyone. No, it's it's I a thought she deal. was kidding when she said, "Was it firefauci.com?" Please, firefauci.com. Oh, that kind said. of stunned me. You know, uh, me too. I, I was like, was it came out. Of what nowhere. did she just say? I was like, what? <laughs> I thought we were talking about no, Santa. This is, a woman who's, this is a woman who is on the precipice. Well, and you physicians know. are like 98% vaccinated. And yeah. for those of you who don't know, psychiatry uh, yeah. is, you have to, it's a degree you get on top of being a medical doctor. So she's, yeah, had, she's an MD. Yeah. She's an MD. <clears throat> and yeah. if you talk she, to medical spoke. doctors, there's very few of them that. Well, while yeah. you were out of the room, I think she spoke positively about vaccines. I think she just doesn't like Fauci. Oh, okay. Which is a unique Italian? stance because <laughs> no, because be. he made money off of this is I think the well, big problem I have with him. Well, Fauci has been demonized uh, by the right, and this woman is clearly on the right, and she is uh, drinking the black bile. Uh, that, but, that's but, the way I saw but it. But wait a second, this is a man who lied over and over about not being involved in Wuhan, and he was involved. We gotta, you can't forget that part. He was definitely making money off of this misery. That's the problem I have with them. How is he making money? I we, we it would take at least a half an hour to explain that situation, but check into it. This guy he was involved in some sort of gain of function research. I yes. haven't really looked into it that much because I just don't care. Feeding dogs was that and, lucrative? I I, I never yes. got that impression. Oh God, yes, he made a lot of money from. It. He makes a ton of dough, as a matter of fact. And look, I don't hate Fauci. I think he's a typical political dope like the rest of them. And I don't care if we're talking left or right. These people are disgusting now. The lying that goes on. On television, whether it's CNN or Fox, whether it's Democrats or Republicans, all these people do is lie. That's what they do now to make money. That's pretty hard to dispute, I would think. But let's look at the bright side, Tom. There's 
28 different bowl games that we can gamble on. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, the Gophers are in the worst one of them all. But, well, and know. when there's no game going on, you just uh, put your money in a pile and spin the dreidel. Yeah, there you go. Ooh, I like That's it. That's right. You get yeah. none like, half well, or all. And also, you know, the racetracks are, are still running, and I every day I just hope for one more day of horse racing before that gets shut down. No, I understand. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we got to take a break in about 30, 30 seconds here. But I just, I get, I get so tired of people making stuff up just so they can make money. God, it's disgusting. And they've always done it, I'm sure, that people lie to make money. And it, it just, you know, and again, I don't, I don't have a side in this, but I, because I certainly don't think you should storm our capital. But to pay more attention to that and the fact that you burned down our cities, could we go after the people that burned our cities down as well? You want to do? Well, no. If my team well, it, does it, it's good. Yeah. It, it, there's been about ten thousand people that were arrested for rioting in across the U.S. And yeah, the but not held rights. in jail. Five hundred people held in jail for a year now for yeah. no reason. Five hundred. Well, I think the reason is they were trying to overthrow the country. Oh, they were not. Jesus okay. Christ! Come on, there were a bunch of hunyucks having a party that they should have never done it. Don't get me wrong; it should have. They were never loving happened. people. Yes, they're it loving. Just happened people. to kill five people. I think that they actually. Whoa, whoa, who killed five people? Suicide. Who killed five people? No, there were five people who died on the spot, right? No, one. Well, that's what happens when you get a bunch of drunk, fat boomers in one place. No, no, no. There was one yeah, woman who was shot by a police officer. Well, yeah. yes, except for her. She was definitely. But, yeah, the rest of them, I think, basically just had heart attacks. Well, because they were having too much fun. I, I think so, yeah. They, Look, were, they got all hopped up on, uh, you know. Maybe we'll get the well, impression, now, if you pay attention, that I'm not wild about the left or the right. Right? <laughs> no, i got to be a, These people are disgusting to me. They have no business doing what any of them did, left or right, capital or our cities across the country. You have no business doing that kind of thing. I agree. So there it is. I'm not arguing against anybody. No, I, I get it, yeah. It's disgusting. It's, it's possible to condemn both sides. Indeed. All right, we've got to take a break, and we'll be right back right after this. we got car selling secrets. We sure do. Your Royal Highness is here. I'm going to go get her. Oh, the God, it's going to get really bad now. <laughs> Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year, Dan? My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dan's Southside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped. What about financing options? Right now, we are offering low-interest financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit. Ask for details when you visit the store. Alumacraft Fishing Boats, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou Pontoons, all powered by Suzuki Outboards, are in stock now with new boats arriving daily. Dan Southside Marine is located just six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington, or shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank 
cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike, and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. You didn't take this whole thing. Yeah, what's wrong with it? I didn't want this part of it. Oh, I don't know if I can isolate it. Damn it. That's why I had it isolated. Anyway, moving forward. Uh, we are back. Let me know when uh, when you're ready to go. Uh, he is on. Oh, he's ready to go. Alan R. Warren, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, the book... You can pick it up on Amazon, of course. Doomsday Cults, The Devil's Hostages. I'm in radio. I'm one of Devil's Hostages. Been been one for 51 years, Alan. You want to be in radio? You feel like the Devil's Hostage. I'm here to tell you. What do you think? Uh, Al, you have yourself muted. I can't unmute you because apparently you uh, muted yourself. Anyway, I'll read about the book. You should be able to hear us. Yeah, Alan, unmute yourself. That'd be good. Jim Jones convinced his 1,000 followers they would all have to commit suicide since he was going to die. Mm-hmm. Shoko Ashahara, Ashahara uh, convinced his followers to release a weapon of mass destruction, the deadly siren gas on a Tokyo subway. The Order of the Solar Temple uh, lured the rich and famous, including Princess Grace of Monaco, and convinced them to die a fiery death now on <laughs> Earth to be reborn on a better planet. Mm-hmm. And that better planet was called Sirius. So was, was the angel of death on Sirius, was that Howard Stern, or who was that? Yeah. <laughs> ah, what do you think of that action? All right, Al, I think we can hear you now. Alan, yeah. how are you? There you are. Yes, there, there you, you are. are. Alan R. Warren. So it's kind of interesting. I'm really glad you're on today, Alan, because lately we've been talking quite a bit about, um, well, I have. I don't know if everybody else has. But in any case, you know, we went through a situation where there is no God. It started back in the 60s when I was a teenager. There's no God, and we lost God, and we lost religion. And so a lot of people move to things like the paranormal because they want to believe that they at least have a chance of moving on to something else after this. Is that what this is all about, Alan? Is this about maybe living longer than your earthly years? Is that why people join cults? I think so. I think they yeah, feel left yep. out for, for some reason. Um, they, they, they don't feel part of a religion, especially the major religions. And so this is their alternative. So, I mean, that's what this, don't you think that's what the, all of this stuff is about? As I said, the, the, um, and I have nothing against it. Don't get me wrong. I don't know if there's a God or not. I don't know, you know, any of that, those things. I, I would hope so. I'm sitting next to my wife and our son and daughter are sitting in the, uh, the main studio and I, I don't want to think that, you know, 25, 30 years from now, I'll never see them again. I don't want to think about that. So 
I could see how people could get lured into, in a very positive way, a religion or I guess maybe the good part of paranormal. But why do they want to go with a doomsday cult, the devil's hostages? I mean, why do they want to do that, Alan? Well, most of these, most of the doomsday cults themselves um, don't start out that way or they don't sell themselves that way. You know, they sell themselves oh, sure. as a as a peace and love. Like you look at Jim Jones and you look at um, Heaven's Gate, Branch Davidians, all of those ones were all about come on in and, you know, we love you, even though uh, a lot of other people don't. Right. Love you. And that's kind of, that's kind of the, you, you see, you're strong. You've got a, a stronger, um, I don't want to say mind, but you, you're more comfortable with the fact that, okay, you know, I don't know if there's a God. Maybe there is. I, I right. certainly don't want to face that because I'm going to lose when I die. I'm not seeing the people I want to see. And right. so, but, you, but you're stronger with that realism. There's a lot of people that don't have that kind of strength. Well, and so, they're, they're, you know. And uh, the other thing is that he mentioned his family being the reason he wants to see the afterlife. And a lot of these cults specifically target people who are either estranged from their family or don't have a family mm. because then they okay. can replace those people's family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Manson is the perfect um, specimen for that sort of thing. And that's why I included him because a lot of pe that's caused a lot of problems, people complaining to me. But the thing is, uh, Manson was the perfect one you know he had the charisma at the time he was able to pick up people that were away from their family they felt very isolated they felt unloved they felt possibly that they weren't pretty or whatever their thing was and it was it was hard on them he told and he was able to focus look eye to eye and tell them how beautiful they were and how much he loved them and 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 brought them in it's that sort of uh a lead-in that brings them into this because they feel very strong to the person that 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 runs it. Yeah, I mean that said, isn't it kind of sad we as human beings? I, you know, and don't get me wrong, Alan. I'm very grateful that I was <coughs> born into my family. I loved my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and you know, my father was a different situation. But uh, you know, that's he really couldn't help himself. But so I am very grateful for the life I have. It's that what's, and I don't care for me, uh, and you're right about that, Alan, I do not care. If I perish, I'm not going to know I'm dead anyway, so what's the difference? Unless there is a God, or the paranormal, or an afterlife, or I really don't want anything to do with a doomsday cult, but <laughs> that's a different situation, you know? Yeah. I, I hope there is, but I'm very grateful what I, for, with what I already have, you know? So is gratitude yeah. part of it, being more grateful for the life you do have? I think it's part of it. I, 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 you know, psychologically, there's a few reports in the book, but I think that um, that's kind of what they say. It's kind of the um, acceptance of what you have and, and really liking or loving what you have and realizing it. You know, uh, uh, some people don't. Some people accept a certain amount. They start with a certain right. amount and they want more. You know, and, and some people are, are focused on things that are not about... Um, death or what happens afterwards you can see that with you know the current uh, situation with politics you can see that there's people out there that are not looking about afterlife they're looking about what they can get today in this life and they're so focused on that that they they're not thinking about anything else ellen how could a person like princess grace of monaco want to get involved with this that makes no sense to me isolation 
isolation, you know, oh, in her time, sure. she was totally isolated. It's just like, you know, if you think about this, you take any of these stars, like them or not, you could take someone that's, you know, Lady Gaga now or someone like Madonna or somebody that mm -hmm. was big in their in their time. 24-7, you've got people circling, <laughs> you know, trying to get the picture of you, following you everywhere you go, talking about every time you do something wrong. That kind of pressure, if you don't have a good structure like you say you have your family you have you you have a structure around you so that if mm -hmm. something is going on you have people to kind of give you comfort so to speak or to talk to if you don't have that um what do you do and you can't trust anybody once you're already there if oh, you become God. an idol so where do you go you go to a religion it, it seems to be the the more reliable answer in your mind, I think, at the time, it seems like they're more trusting, especially back then, you know, 60s and 70s. That was a totally different time. No question. I mean, we're going through a tough situation right now with COVID and all the rest of it. And I, I just, uh, I do a, a morning talk show in town as well. And, you know, there's been, you know, we have to work harder because people aren't getting out of the house and you got to go out and get, uh, you know, some, some listeners and you got to get some advertisers and all the rest of it. And it's so funny because uh, I got a really nice call from, from uh, a corporate office. And so I said on the air, this is really unusual. Somebody from corporate called and was very, very <laughs> kind. Usually when you hear from corporate, all they like to do is bitch. Which yeah. is true. That's what all corporations do now. They call, we need more, sure. more, more, more. Yeah. Uh, and... Well. Some people got very upset with me about that. It's like, well, it's true. All you do is complain. We need more. We need more, 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 more. You need to call people and go, you know what? Jim, you're doing a good job. Alan, you're doing a good job. Seriously, once in a while, it would be nice. It just doesn't happen that much anymore. No, no, I haven't seen it happen in radio. I can't tell you how many years. <laughs> Particularly in radio, yes. <laughs> right, right. I mean, because anytime I've been, even now, uh, I'll never hear from anybody in the office unless there's an issue. Right. And it, and that's it, exactly it is about what money. It's always about money, which I hate to say, yes. but that's usually what, because yes. that's the ratings and it's about, you know, you know, the game and your advertisers and stuff like that. So it's a tough, it's a tough thing because they look at it as business. And when you're in radio, you're looking at it as a little bit of art. You have a little bit of a, you know, you have an outcome. Like, I think that for me, I want to see. I want people to laugh when I'm talking. I have serious right. subjects too, but I, I kind of, we make fun and we kind of have some fun with it because I want people to go through it and, and have a smile or two anyway, because it's tough, but that's not always the, that's not what they care about. Corporate wants you to perform. Right. You know, And even if you do perform, that's not good enough either. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I don't know what to tell you. Hey, look, I'm grateful. I have a wonderful job, and I, it's been great. Uh, I've been on the same radio station for starting my 37th year and all the rest of it. But it's changed a lot, and, and I can't blame it on the individuals themselves. It's the system that's broken. Yeah, yeah. System wasn't set up properly. No, um, right, yeah, absolutely it, right. You know, that's, it, it started at the beginning. It never was great. You know, it was terrible pay, and it was terrible treatment in general and uh, it, was, it was very political in a sense not so much you know government politics but very political within the radio system and yeah um who who likes you and who doesn't and who you meet and who you get along with there was a lot of stuff that it's like any other sort of business the only problem is you're doing it live so people can listen to you 
Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> right. Uh, honest to God, I, I just I should mention, by the way, Alan R. Warren is the producer of one of the uh, and one of the hosts of the popular radio shows House of Mystery and Inside Writing, both heard on one hundred six point five FM in Los Angeles and Riverside, Palm Springs, Salt Lake City. Big shot, Seattle, Tacoma. I didn't know you were such a big shot radio guy, Alan. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm having my moment, but it's going to go. It's going to go fast. You know how it is. I mean, They're going to step you, all over you. Is that it? Yeah, you get a moment, and then you know, I, I'm, I'm getting my hate mail now. I'm getting people calling me oh, yeah. daily, oh, yeah. and it's kind of okay. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm better with it. I'm glad, in a sense, that I'm older. I mean, I'll be sick. Yeah, me this too. Year. I'm, I'm glad this because I can handle all this a lot better. It doesn't seem to upset me like things used to, you know. No um, question about that. You know, so it's it's a lot easier. I can sit back and kind of go, okay, well, kind of laugh for the most part. Once in a while, it, it'll bother me. Someone will call me something, you know, like sure. That. And it's usually something that's not even close to true. And I and then I realize, right. well, could you imagine being someone like real popular? Like, like, really, like a big star. I could never like, do it. it. It'd be, it'd be hard because it, yeah. they say whatever they want, and and nowadays right. with the internet, there's so many people trying to be, um, the news person. You know, right? <laughs> you know, they they come on TikTok, breaking news. You know, uh, Al Warren was caught in a threesome or something. You know, they, they can just say whatever they can <laughs> do. They can, yeah, I know. And and it's like, well, geez, you know, if you, I, I, let me know. I I missed it. But the thing is, that's that's kind of how they get their the followers. And it's kind of it's really sad because the more right. negative we get, you know, and and when we talk about like cults, like even the book. There's a really strong tie with every one of these cults with conspiracy. Oh, you know? absolutely. That was Huge. my next question. It's all about conspiracy, isn't it? It, it all is. Because, you know, uh, and you can really see it because every one of these people, doesn't matter if it's David Koresh, doesn't matter who it is, even after they die, the followers are still following what they were told. You know, it, it, Koresh, there's still Branch Davidians waiting for him. God. to come back they're, they're waiting it's crazy I, I i i did i can't believe this i i went on uh, coast to coast to talk about this book oh great bad mistake not not tonight really oh it's a terrible show i mean no i mean and i and i mean that in the most loving way okay because <laughs> <laughs> yeah it sells a lot of books but you know I if people that. calling in were like i love you know, David Crush, he's the only one that taught us the real word, and I'm still oh, waiting God. for him to return. Oh. You're getting all these calls, and it's like, I want to say, you know, there's nothing I can do to help you. You need to go see a psychiatrist. You need to someone to help you. He's dead. He's not God. He's not coming back. He's not going to, you know, return to the earth and finish things off. And, right. you know, I mean, I like I loved Art Bell. It, it, he was fun. The whole system now, it's very political. You know, got Alex Jones. It is. And, Yep. And George Norrie, and, and it's all about, you know, Hillary's eating pizzas with babies on it and stuff. And, <laughs> and, and you know, it's gone too far. That's it to me. No, it's you're like, right. Come on. You know, I don't want, you know, love to them. You know, it's freedom. No, you're absolutely you right about that. I'm all now, you for know, it. We have, quite, we have conversations about that because, uh, like I said, I, I, I have no interest in doing that. I get on and, 
And the people do, they call and go, what'd you say that for? I said, I've been saying that for 51 years on the radio now. It's been a long time, and it's what I've been talking about. Why has it changed so much? I also don't understand, Alan, and I want to get back, because that, that's this whole thing with admiring Jim Jones is because you weren't loved enough in your own head, or truthfully, you were not loved enough, and this guy pretends to really love you, or at least really like you, and boy, they go if they can find one person that really shows affection toward them at any level, they're going to cling to that person like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, and he was doing it. He was doing it even more than than the rest. He was having sex with both men and women. Oh, I didn't know that. I had no idea. Yeah, he had he had intimate relations with, with both sexes, and uh, it was completely about showing them that he they were they were selected by him. You know, the chosen one. Yeah, uh, is 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 wants to, you know, do it, <laughs> and and it's kind of it's kind of, you know, but it's it's sad in a way. But Jim Jones, right. you know, he was also like even the uh, Solar Temple and and some of the others. They actually start out and they're doing um, things to help really poor people. You know, uh, people that are in in bad situations they're they're broke they're they're, you know there's he was out there feeding people he was doing so much good and that's a really good front you know it's kind of like following the uh it's following the big abrahamic religions it's following christianity or catholics and anything like that there's this this front of you know, we're we're going to help feed the poor, and we're going to do all these things, and there is a certain amount of that going on, but it, it doesn't really explain the person. So, Jim Jones, I, could you imagine? It's one thing I put in the introduction was, could you imagine if someone like Charles Manson came up today, was walking around, he's a hippie wearing a robe and doing heroin, and telling people that he's man he's jesus son he's man's son like he's 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 god most people are going to roll their eyes yeah i hope well yeah i guess i shouldn't say that i I, that my thought was probably back in the (laughs) 90s if that happened (laughs) because today i don't know there's probably you probably have a facebook group and you know have a television show you know he'd be he'd be he'd follow the kardashians on one of those shows (laughs) you know i don't know the amazing thing about that to me, a guy like Charles Manson or Jim Jones or whatever, I always have to ask the question, what happened to you as a little kid for you to have to go this far to, to try to look like Jesus, to talk about I'm the son of God, I'm the son of man, I'm the son of Jesus, Jim Jones, I'm having sex with you because you're special and I'm having sex with you because you're... What happened to these people as children that, that made them go the route they took? Something happened, I can guarantee you that. Yeah, a lot of them had terrible, uh, you know, really yep. weird, weird upbringings, you know. Uh, Koresh was sleeping with the, uh, um, what was she? She was the one that run the order before he came along. And, and mm. she was she was like a grandma age to him. And he was trying to have a baby with her when he was like 14 or something. Oh. Um, they, they had it, you know, their young upbringing was not very good and even jim jones you know he had a lot of bad things happen to him and he would he would be um even at a young teenage he would be out in the woods um killing small animals and then having having a ceremony for them he would be having their funeral he'd be speaking at their death 
for these like he'd kill a he'd kill a cat or something and do this. Oh, th- th- this was this was like really really odd behavior at a young age, and it's usually something to do with something that happened to them. I you know and yeah, oh, yeah. Bo- both of them you hear little stories. How much is true we don't know, but um, there were there was you know sexual abuse in in both cases both those cases so yeah yeah is that know. always part of it or or in general is it, it, it the greater percentage as sexual abuse happened it sure seems like it it seems like almost every case i've gone yep. through yep. um and and the thing is it, people will say well yeah but it happens all the time there, it's not just these people and it's not it, it just like when you look at Dahmer and, and some of the things you look at some of these killers too that had something bad happen to them at a young age and you kind of go, well, how come they do it? And I think that's the magic question. Why is it some people don't handle it or get over it, so to speak? Like I, I had a bad father sort of like, sounds like you, not, not sexual abuse, but he was a no, bad drink, right. dr- bad drinker and really, mm-hmm. you know, John Wayne-ish and very, very mean. And the thing is, I got over it. I became, um, I guess, successful in a sense. I've, I've kind of gone on with my life and, and achieved something. I haven't gone out yep. and killed people or started a religion. Good. But s- some people <laughs> can't. They don't have the skills. They don't have the mental skills to deal with it. And I think that's where things go crazy. And I don't, I, you know, I'm not supposed to use that word, I guess. But things, things go uh, off-center. So... That needs to be figured out. Um, but then again, like with all these cases, it's not like you get to psychologically analyze these people because they're dead. It's pretty easy, though, because I was just thinking about it. In my life, um, you know, because I have a deep voice, I guess, and I have a, I'm a bigger guy, so I got a presence, and plus I got a big personality, I suppose, because I learned that from being in radio all these years. But I, I meet new people, and as I get to know them, they change a little bit. And invariably, if they if they take a bit of a dislike to me or they're, they have a little fear of me, whatever, at some point they will say to me almost every time, Alan, you know, Tom, you remind me of my dad. That's <laughs> the God. It's it's really really prevalent. People people project that Daddy was mean to me on on other people just to kind of keep it alive in their head. I guess I don't know why. Well, some people will try to resolve their situation with someone like you. I suppose that is true. So I got to you know if, you... if they can get close to you, but it's hard being you know you're being a star, so it's hard to. Ooh. And a celebrity <laughs> such as yourself. Yeah, exactly. well, you know, and that's it. You know, you've got your entourage, <laughs> and and they can't get close. But and uh, no, it's 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 yeah. Who knows? It's, um, it's I, called I, transference, I, I, and it's a very well recognized psychological phenomenon. It yeah. yeah, it is absolutely. Yeah, we. So. Alan, we could take a couple minute break. You can stay with us. Oh yeah, yeah. Wonderful. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Alan R. Warren, ladies and gentlemen. You can go on Amazon to get the book Doomsday Cults, The Devil's Hostages. We'll be right back. More with Alan right after this. Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. 
We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year, Dan? My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dance Outside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped. What about financing options? Right now, we are offering low-interest financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit. Ask for details when you visit the store. Alumacraft Fishing Boats, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou Pontoons, all powered by Suzuki Outboards, are in stock now with new boats arriving daily. Dan Southside Marine is located just six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington or shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal house lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. We are back. I want to read this paragraph because it's a great paragraph. Uh, We're talking to Alan R. Warren about his book. We could also ask ourselves, what then is the difference between a cult and a religion? We once had a small group of people who unquestionably followed a a person who believed that he was the son of God. 2,000 years later, that following is one of the most recognized religions in the world. This book in no way uh, criticizes believing in God. Rather, it examines how a social movement grows into a full religion and when it does not, and what makes the conventional faith such as Christianity, Judaism, Islam, and Hinduism stand above groups such as the Branch Davidians or the Children of God. That's a great paragraph right there, Alan. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> well, it explains everything. I mean, that paragraph explains everything. To yeah. me, anyway. Yeah, I, I think it does. I, um, I'm, I'm glad you like it. I get a lot of criticism. You do? Why? Oh, oh well, because um, people think that I've had a, um, a, an awful experience with religion at a young age or something, and I was, I was forced into this type of behavior, and it's like, no, oh. I, just, I just, I question the humans around it. I don't necessarily question why people want to believe in God. I mean, I think that you know it's we're aware of our existence and we're aware that we're going to die and so that leads us to some sort of thought whether we turn into a ghost or whether we're you know it's just it's just 
it just questioning things. That's all. I just like to talk. Right. And, um, you know, people don't always like that because they don't always like what I say. You know, and uh, I, I tell them to listen to, to your show. Good, because they really won't like what I say. Well, <laughs> I guarantee you that. <laughs> well, that's the whole idea. You know, <laughs> just slough them off on me. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate well, it. Yeah, I got a worse me, guy for you. Yeah, this guy's even <laughs> yeah, worse than I am. Go get him. writing me bad messages now a couple times a week. And I really don't understand that. Because I, no, I don't I either. get the point that you go, okay, you don't like me. Thank you. Move but on. Alan, There's a thousand shows. Turn the channel. Turn it to Dom, Tom's channel. Well, what you can do, Alan, is understand that they're they're mad at you because you're successful. Stop being successful, Alan. What the hell are you doing? Well, we all have our issues. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think it's kind of like do. how, like, if an actor expresses an opinion on, you know, like biochemistry or something, people are going to be like, oh, we got to listen to what they say, even though they their entire life experience is pretending to be someone else in front of a camera. But I've heard of them, so obviously they know what they're talking about when it comes to this master's thesis level topic because people seem to think that if they've heard of someone then that person is an expert on all topics for some reason mm -hmm. and i think it does it goes back to that when you're a kid you think your parents know everything and when well, people we do. well that's true <laughs> but most pe most kids parents don't know everything oh just <laughs> yours <laughs> but um yep. Yep. i think when people do transfer that parental thing onto celebrities they also transfer the thought that oh they must know everything because they're my parents kind oh of. sure it's kind of, it's it's like people never grow out of that phase where you know like oh daddy can do everything mommy knows everything but they do it with celebrities yeah. rather Transfer than their own. It, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, there is that, but there's also something else. They, they gain a trust. They gain, they they actually think they like that person. And that Tom can true. probably talk yep. about this because there's people that will, um, they they act like they know you. Yep. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you don't know them. And, and you know, and I think it's that too because that's look at look at. Um, I don't know if I if I'll get you in trouble, but you look at look at Oprah Winfrey. Uh, mm -hmm. She's much loved around the the country, and that's great. I I actually, she's fine. I, I there's nothing I dislike, but you've got someone like that with a lot of influence. So if she likes something and says, "I really like this," mm -hmm. you're going to have a huge amount of people that run out and buy it. Because yep. of it, Absolutely. because they like her, they feel close to her, they feel like they know her, and um, and so I think that happens with any celebrity. It's just different levels, and it's the same with the cults. It's the same with conspiracy and stuff like that. Alex Jones has huge following. Why? Because they, there's people that like him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They called, believe he's 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 their friend. Well, with celebrities, it's a parasocial relationship. It's called where it they're. There's a friendship, but it's actually not real, but people perceive it as real. And it's happening these days on platforms like uh, Twitch, which is a game streaming platform. <laughs> these people will stream themselves playing games for six, eight hours a day, but the point isn't really the games. It's the fact that you can chat with them and they'll talk back to you. And it creates this parasocial relationship where people are willing to pay... Five hundred, a thousand dollars on a message 
that pops up on the stream and forces them to respond to it. So it's like, oh, you, he said my name. That was really worth the $500. Wow. Yeah. That's well, sad. It's like cameo. Yeah, very, yeah. Yep. very, yep. yeah, very weird. I don't really get it. I mean, I guess I get it if you're a kid, but if you're a kid, you probably don't have $500 to drop on someone saying your name on the Internet. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh sure they do. They're 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 hacking uh, HBO and giving people codes and then they make money. <laughs> uh, there you go. Or they just steal mommy's credit card. One of the two. Yeah, yeah. Or they're that printing happens. them. Right. I, <laughs> listen, I think I think of the internet as um, okay. So perhaps Tom and I's age, uh, probably what our parents thought of what television was to us. Sure. Yep. It creates a whole world that doesn't really exist. People don't really look that way. They're not really that happy, you know, running in the commercial with their trident gum and they 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 everyone's beautiful on TV, but wasn't our <laughs> right. day. And and yeah. now the internet's kind of taken that place with a lot of the younger generation. It it's just it, it's kind of they're they're not watching the TV like like we did and they're watching everything on their phone and I think that <clears throat> You know, uh, it's kind of a problem. Um, why Why do you trust? You know, it's like anything. Why do we trust someone that's... When I break my leg, I go to the doctor. I don't go to Joe Rogan, let's say. <laughs> that's a good idea. Right. Good and, 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 there's, and I'm not even... It's not even a slam to Rogan, because look at he's getting himself into a lot of trouble lately. You know, he's walking on broken glass because he's trying to figure out... He's not, he's not a medically trained guy. He hasn't spent right. years doing this stuff. So you're going to get yourself into the weeds trying to tell people what they should and shouldn't do. Just don't. <laughs> you know, I think certain right. things make sense. But uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I just can't get into that stuff. Um, you know, it's scary. The amazing thing now, Ellen, is that as far as, as, as COVID's concerned, the vaccination and all the rest of it, if you don't want to get vaccinated, I believe that's your business. If you do, that's your business. I was asked to by, by corporate people, and I, I don't really have any fear of that kind of thing or, or any distrust. of. I just went, whatever. So I, I was vaccinated and I got boosted. And uh, right after I did that, I got blasted on social media. Yeah, Bernard typically won't get the vaccination. He's one of those people. And even people that had to write, I don't care for him, but you're wrong. He did get vaccinated and he got boosted. Even people who didn't like me supported me, which I thought was kind of nice. Oh, there you go. A whole new audience. I guess. <laughs> well, although if they don't like me, they're probably not going to tune in. But I... I yeah, I, the whole thing. I have a question. Is it does it break down? And it's so simple. The things that I always use, and, and you mention it uh, in, in the upcoming paragraph of what I'm reading here. Um, you know, I, I do think you know a God, a, a shortened version of the word good, and d evil, the devil, all the rest of it. But this thing with vampires and bloodsuckers and all that, the life's blood thing is, that's everything to people, isn't it? It's the blood of life. It's life's blood. And I got it. So much attention is paid to blood sucking or you know, draining blood from people or whatever. What? It's, is it that really that simplistic? Are they that stupid? <laughs> well, I'm glad you said that. Remember, that goes to this show, not me. Yes, it goes to this um, well, show exactly. I think I think it is in a sense. Uh, people yeah. um, they want it explained to them easy. 
you know, if you, it's like anything, you know, people complain, you know, even even if you look at the uh, in, in the Bible and and stuff, how many people really go in depth in the Bible? There are some that do, but a lot of the followers don't. You know, they're at a, you know, they make it easy. They put it in a nice song or they put it in a nice statement and uh, people hold on to that. They don't necessarily go deep into that. They don't really look at all angles. And I think that's simple sells. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. America's the marketing capital of the world. And that's um, how many times have you seen a commercial and, and think, wow, that's stupid. But yet it sells. <laughs> Right. It's very, right. Like every day. Yeah, you go, you oh my God, that's really stupid. Nobody's going to buy it because of this, but they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they it, do. There's something to it. There's something to that real basic selling feature that, um, and, and, and I don't know. I, I hear it all the time. And you just kind of go, well, you know, um, let people do as they do. I, it's it's kind of sad. And the saddest thing about when we get into cults is, not so much the adults. Well, I guess, you know, a little bit, but I don't feel as bad for them. It's just when they bring kids into the situation, mm-hmm. you know, a little like they have a three-year-old right. and a four-year-old and then they join, join uh, who knows, you know, Heaven's Gate or who knows whatever they're going to join. Those kids don't really have a choice. No, they don't. You're absolutely right. They're, they're young children. They get dragged into it and all the rest of it. Um, now that I know you really well, Alan, I'll throw this in because we only have about 10 more minutes left, but I had mentioned that my father was not around and he had all kinds of problems, all the rest of it. Uh, when I was, I believe, seven years old, my father went to pick my mother up from her waitress job at the local diner and, um, they got uh, back very, very quickly and I was kind of like, well, that's not, that didn't take very long. Uh, my father was mentally ill. He was paranoid schizophrenic to the point where he would hear and see things. And I do remember my mother coming in the house and she was just, it looked like somebody had punched her in the stomach, which he did not, but she just looked like that. Uh, apparently on the way back, they had to back up the entire three miles. They didn't drive forward at all. They backed up three miles because my father insisted that the devil was standing in the road in front of their car. So he couldn't go that route. What brings that about, Alan? I mean, for my father to 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 think, look, I got to believe that if there was a devil, he'd have bigger, more important things to do than chase down my father's Ford Falcon. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, it, it, you got to realize it's it's a self-importance. You know, it is. Uh, yes, the yeah. whole God factor is that way. Period. Whether God or devil, I'm important enough to be an issue to them. I'm right. important enough that they're yep. thinking about me. You know, the worst thing in the world, whether it's like I, I, the devil made me do it type thing, or the, you know, I'm, I'm avoiding the devil. I see the devil, and this is what right. he wants or doesn't want. It's the same thing. It's um, someone that uh, is in a car crash, and it's like, well, you know, God must have been behind the wheel. That's why I'm alive. And it's like, well, if God was behind the wheel, you, why were you in an accident? You know. It's, <laughs> That's a good it's the, it's the same kind of thought, and I, you know, <laughs> it I, I is, just yeah. kind of it's it's an eye roller, but it's it's back to that making you important, making we want to feel important. Like, do you really want to live your whole life, and everything you do is just gone when you're dead, and it doesn't right. mean anything? And I think that's the fact, and <clears throat> and that's the problem, um, because at the end of the day, 
all everything I've done my whole life I've lived really means nothing because I'm going to be dead and there's nothing afterwards. Um, and uh, that's a hard thought. And um, it is. Yeah. And and it's very very well true. I mean, the UFOs is is kind of the latest in the in in this. Oh conspiracy, yes. you know, the yeah. government's hiding it and it, you know, and it's they're gonna disclose now for ten years they're disclosing but nothing ever happens, you know, and it's um but it's a it's an importance. It makes us important as humans. As yeah, people. that's true. They're coming to see and, and us. We're not going to see them, they're coming to see us. That's true. Yeah. Exactly. It's all about us. Yep. Right? It's God. it's well, it's all about me. <laughs> But, well, yes, but the truth me. is, none of that, you know, it's just all fluff. Um, you know, we I think it's a fantastic it's conversation. Alan, you need to come back more often. We got to talk much more often. Well, I'm I always just, around. Uh, I'm, I'm lonely. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm around and I'm, well, we'll take care of that, Alan R. Warren. Uh, the book is available everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Pretty amazing. Uh, Doomsday Cults, The Devil's Hostages. So today, at least for an hour, we were not the devil's hostages. So that was good, Alan. You, you relieved well, me from them being the devil. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Alan Warren, thank you for your time, sir. We'll, we'll, we'll talk soon. I'd love to talk to you more about this. Anytime. Like I said, oh, I'm around. Have a good day, sir. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Bye. Alan R. Warren. I really liked him a lot. Very, very nice man. Very even keel. So what do you, Alex, you didn't pipe up on that. What do you, what do you, devil got your dog? She's oh, watching TikTok. Oh, my God. I don't have a TikTok, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't have a TikTok. It's hard in Minnesota when you guys are in Florida and it's a phone conversation. Because yeah. it's like, there's... There's not the physical cues. With a phone yeah. conversation, yeah. it's diff very difficult yeah. to jump yeah. in. Yeah, it's you guys, we'll pause. Do you, mean, do you need us to pause a little longer than we do? No, it's it's fine. And it's I just mean, not I really possible. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah. You have well, a conversation between say. two people, and there's already a little bit of a delay because it's you know through the internet or through the phone. Unless you it's, add a third person, and then there's yeah. even more just social delay. It's yeah. It's unless just not it's physically like, feasible. Yeah, yeah, unless it's like Tim or Kristen or something. We know their like, speech we know patterns. Their, yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot of people, yeah, they'll talk, true. and then they'll pause for like three solid seconds and then keep going. Yeah. It's like, what yeah. the hell is wrong with you? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're thinking maybe. Yeah. Sometimes people need to think. Yeah. Well, Tim Lammers, he never stops talking even when you're talking. That is true. That's why you just have to start talking. Yeah. Yeah. Timmy's a, start talking louder. Yeah. I don't know who the hell Alan was talking to, but it's like, and you're a big star, and I'm like, I'm on the radio. It must for be Cassie. Sake. Cassie, you know, covers <laughs> for you. Cassie lying for me by telling yeah. things She's, like that. She sent me a text which I just got okay. about about him, about Alan, Alan, Ar Alan Warren. To, something about the weepy voice killer <laughs> that we should have brought that up. Oh well, we'll get him on about that again. Cassie, seriously, I'd love to have him on again. He was terrific. I thought. Yeah. What do you guys think? Do you like him well, as much as I did? Well, he's a radio host, so he knows the... the yeah. Uh, yeah, he does. Right, exactly. Yeah, he's on in Seattle, and I think in Los Angeles, Seattle, and uh, Palm Springs, and all up and down the West Ooh, Coast. Ooh, Palm Springs. Palm Springs. Springs. <laughs> oh, we like Palm <laughs> Springs. We should go. Springs. No. Well, we've been and near Your it. mom and I, that I think was one of the first places your mom and I ever traveled to together was Palm Springs. Yeah. Uh, my... 
biggest recollection of Palm Springs was we brought along my niece for babysitting when Andy was a baby. And she took so long in the bathroom Mm. to get ready to leave that we missed our flight (laughs) and we were stuck in LAX for like seven hours with a baby. Yeah. Yeah. She just left him with her. Be like, okay, we brought you for babysitting. You hang out. Yeah, no, you find your way home with the child. (laughs) No, not (laughs) like... Oh, not like we'll see you at the gate. You take care of him. I couldn't believe it. Go. I was pounding on the door. She was blow drying her hair. I'm like, no, you have I've, to go now. I've never understood how it takes <sighs> some females so long to get Well, teenage ready. girls, I mean, you can't expect them to be punctual. I mean, even when I was a teenage well, girl, like I've never like, what are you doing in there? Well, there's a shower and then there's a shower. Like, I mean, when I have to shave my legs and exfoliate and and wash my hair and condition it and all that crap, and then I have to blow dry my hair, it can take me a good hour and 15 minutes. If I'm just taking a shower and running out the door, no. I don't know. I guess And I I would never be like, oh, okay, I have to get to the airport at 7 a.m. I think I'll take a three-hour shower. Mm -hmm. A luxury shower. Yeah, it just was, oh my God. I was seriously, I was pounding on the door and she just wouldn't even respond. What? If she hadn't been my niece, I would have left her. Maybe she was having some sort of psychological problem. (laughs) I don't know. Not anybody in your mom's family. I couldn't believe it. I'm going to think about, well, there's only, you you only have like, what, two nieces, so. She's way more than throw her under the bus. I have loads of nieces. She has loads five and loads pieces. of nieces. And this was a very well, long time, time ago. Though. I'm sure she's grown oh, out of her uh, yeah. weird. <laughs> Only yeah. 33 years ago. I mean, I know I her. I have a feeling I could guess which one it yes. is. I know her now, and she's not like a. No, she's not like Well, if that. it's who I'm thinking of, then yeah, no, that doesn't. Yeah. But no. you teenagers, I mean, yeah. you're a lot different when you're a teenager versus uh, when you're much older. Yeah. I don't know. Some people just yeah. can take a really long time to go like my brother-in-law was staying with us a couple years ago because dan's grandma passed away and he they live out of town and only he came for the funeral because they have three kids and he was like i'll just go and so he was staying with us and i was downstairs having breakfast just chatting and the funeral was in like an hour and a half and he was like don't you need to like go get ready and i was like oh i only need a little bit and then I went upstairs and came back downstairs like 15 minutes later, like dressed, hair and makeup done. And he was like, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. Because his wife <laughs> takes a lot longer to get ready, oh, yeah, I guess. yeah, one of those. Oh. Yeah, because yeah. he was just like, I can't even believe that you could get ready that fast. I'm like, I don't know. I've always been that way, though. I just like when I lived in college and I had roommates, I was like, what is happening in there? And they'd come out of the bathroom looking, you know, not yeah, not any more glamorous than I did. I think I, it's so just cathartic know. for a lot of people. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they're like a lot Maybe. of men and just sit on the toilet for 40 minutes before they actually do anything. <laughs> Would men do that? <laughs> most, I hate sitting on the toilet. Men. Yeah, I don't think anyone likes sitting on motto. the toilet. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, some I... people love to sit on the toilet and read. I, I can <laughs> some guarantee people. Some people so love much to sit on right now. people. No doubt about it. You know, I'm I'm a little mad at the Star Tribune right now. 
I can't find what a surprise. I can't find Louis Anderson's story on the front page. Yeah, of, we haven't uh, mentioned that on the show. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. com. It was on there under uh, celebrities, but now it's uh, French actor Gaspard Ulliel and Bronx raised Cardi B. There's no mention of of of. Uh, what the hell is his name again? Louis Anderson? Is that it? That's it. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I don't have know. we heard anything just, yeah, more? For those who don't know yeah, what we're talking yeah. about, because we haven't even brought this up. Okay. Well, Louis the first thing that came up was... with oh, sorry. cancer. He has lymphoma. Louis Anderson battling cancer, resting comfortably after being hospitalized, a representative says on Fox News. Uh... Non-Hodgkin's diagnosed diagnosed with a type of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Right, which yes. is not good. Right, that's uh, a, that's the tough one, isn't it? Yeah, uh, not necessarily. Well, I had There's a million died kinds from of lymphoma. It. Some of them are worse than others. Obviously, he has diffuse yeah. large B cell lymphoma. And what does that mean? That's the most common kind of non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Uh, if it's stage one, then he could be fine. If it's oh, not right. stage one, then much less likely to be fine. So he, if he, even if he's stage two, he's got problems? I would say so, probably. Because I don't know. Uh, and the fact, you know, that, and again, I'm not ripping the man. I just I'm concerned for him. But he's a bigger guy, and that can't be good, I wouldn't imagine. For yeah, him. that's a big part of it, unfortunately. It is, yeah. Unfortunately, it's true. Yeah, I, just, I hope he's okay. Yeah, it would be wonderful. It would be wonderful if he uh, if he slogged through this somehow. Yeah, because I'm looking for it on the national. It's not a big story. I thought it'd be a lot bigger story than it is. Well, we don't have a so lot of information. Weird. I don't think. No, that's no, that's true. You're right. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family. Yeah.